Come on, let's just lift our hands for a moment. I am who you say I am. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm smart. I have wisdom. I have strength. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. My head's anointed. My cup overflows. Come on, just declare who you are. Hallelujah. We are God. We are your children. All of your promises are yes and amen. We thank you that we're righteous. Romans 5.1, we are justified by faith and we have peace with you, Father. We're one with you. 1 Corinthians 6.17, we're united with you and we are one spirit with you. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in us, quickens us, strengthens us, awakens us to our divine destiny. We thank you we're not alone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you for it right now. Hallelujah. Someone right now, your left ankle, I don't know who that is, but your left ankle, just begin to move that. If you've been having problems with your left ankle, I don't know if it's because of a shoe you wore or what, just begin to move that. God's healing power is just working in that ankle right now. Just go ahead and just start moving it and to tell it, tell it, you're healed. So you're receiving and responding to the life of God the way you were created through words. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lower back. Just begin to move that right now, right where you're at. Just begin to move that and declare, my body's responding to the life of God the way it was created to through words. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Left back shoulder of the left back shoulder just begin to move that shoulder you don't need hands laid on you God's just touching you right now he wants to show you how good he is hallelujah you came here hallelujah he's gonna fill you overflow you you're gonna leave here so full of his word and his truth hallelujah just you don't need that shoulder messing you up to steal what God's trying to say to you just get come on let's just get it all we don't gotta wait till the last night Come on, we're faith people. We can get it the first morning, 9 a.m. with no coffee. You can work it out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you for that. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We just come before you, Lord, this day, recognizing who you are. And because of who you are, it tells us who we are. And so, Father God, we don't come here empty. We don't come here broken. We thank you, Lord, that we come here, Father God, full of your spirit. And so I just thank you that we just transform our mind right now. I thank you, Lord, right now. We just, our mind and our flesh might be telling us one thing and feeling one thing, but we remind ourselves of who we are in Christ. Hallelujah. Therefore, because of who we are in Christ, all of Christ is available to us in Jesus' name. And so right now, Lord, I just practically speaking for myself, and I'll just say it so maybe to help somebody else. Lord, I just throw off that budget I'm trying to think about right now. Lord, I just throw off that building my mind's trying to figure out right now. Lord, I just, that staff problem I'm trying to walk through, I just throw it off right now. We just cast all that care. We cast it away. We, we don't take thought for it. We don't take thought for it. We're, we're not going to make a dollar show up because we think about it more. And we ain't going to make them act better just because we think about them all the time. They're sleeping well. They're working well today. And so, Father God, we need to receive well today. And to receive well, we need to just be anxious for nothing. 
but in everything, by prayer and petition, we make our requests known unto you, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we just thank you right now. You're working out budgets. God, while we're here right now receiving your word, you're working on hearts. Angels, we activate you. You're going out and ministering to hearts. There's people that are called to give to us because we're doing your will. And angels, you just do what only you can do, what we can't do, and you just work. Holy Spirit, remind that person that's supposed to be writing that big check. Just remind them that God's got their back. Lord, I thank you for that staff member right now, Lord, in Jesus' name, that as they're at work today, Holy Spirit, you do what only you can do. It says that you teach us all things and remind us of everything the Father has said. And so for every leader right now, I thank you, Lord, that we just take that approach to today, casting it on you so we can receive everything you have for us these next two days. We thank you, Lord, for it. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. I just feel like my assignment this morning is to set the table. Just get the, actually, I, I, that's, that's wrong. The, the table's going to be set. I feel like I'm supposed to build the table. Hallelujah. And part of building the table is we need you to get away from your other tables. He prepareth a table before you in the presence of your, he's already going to prepare it. Hallelujah. So, Lord, right now, we just lift our hands and surrender. Not our will, but your will. Not our kingdom, your kingdom. Lord, we thank you that you do what only you can do by your Holy Spirit. You comfort, you strengthen, you stand beside, you counsel. I thank you, Lord. You said in your word, he who sows to the Spirit will reap. And so whether it's today, tonight, tomorrow, in our sleep, when we get home, on the airplane, in a car, we trust that you'll speak to us and lead us into all truth. We just set our heart and our affection on trust. We just thank you for it. We don't got to work for it. We just receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You feel lighter all of a sudden? Feel lighter? Sometimes when you just feel heavy, you just need to just declare all the scriptures you know. And, and, and your faith will just start rising up. Amen? How many know you can move mountains with faith? You can lift, you can bench press things you couldn't bench press with faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Why don't you turn to someone this morning and look at them and say, you sure are looking good. Unless it's not your wife. Well, good morning. Everybody doing all right? Looking good. Feeling good. Praise God. Well, so thankful for everybody being here our first morning here at our Leadership Summit West. And uh, man, everybody's just... The West, the wild, wild West. So we might have to get a little wild in here this morning, amen? So uh, my name is John Coates, and uh, I have the privilege and the honor of serving uh, as senior pastor at Father's House Church in Tulsa, and uh, I have the privilege and honor of also serving the FCF family, and um, just a privilege to be here. How many of you want to just say thank you to Miss Cookie for putting this together? Come on. You may not understand how many of you... You know, you only had to drive down the street. You didn't have to fly and book a room in, in Tulsa. So some of you did drive and, and book a room. But thank you so much for being here. We're so honored that you could be here and be a part of an organization uh, full of faith, full of the spirit. Amen. All right. Now, just some ground rules real quick. 
I was a youth pastor for, for most of my life, it feels like. And so I need like amens and, and yes, because then it'll be true what they say about when you get older, you kind of like lose your, your, your childlike faith. So that's what I'm saying. Let's don't lose it. Let's, let's give some amens, all right? We are. Are we charismatic people? So we're supposed to be the loud ones. Loud doesn't make us more faith-filled, but we shouldn't be afraid to say something out loud. Amen? So if you get up in the middle of a sermon, people come to me all the time. They're like, when you were speaking, I, I just wanted to run. And I was like, well, run. So if you're going to run, just run this way. We're going to go. Here's the direction arrow. We're going to run this way. Just don't hit heads. We won't have to have a healing line after we're done. But uh, I don't know why I said all that, but I just did. So Acts 27, we're going to just jump right into the word this morning. I believe, like I said, I just want to set a table, build a table, and I believe that this is just how the Holy Spirit works in, in these summits because we, they that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God and the daughters of God, and, and we seek to be led by His Spirit. And I believe every speaker, I know we've been praying back at our church, I know you've been praying, we've been praying that everyone be led by God's Spirit, Amen. He'll even wake them up in the middle of the night to make sure the message we need gets to us. And so I just believe uh, just this how it kind of works is no one talks to anyone. None of the speakers call each other. We just all be led, and it just seems like they just build one on another. And someone texted me this morning back home, and I was telling them about something. And they said, uh, wow, uh, that must be the Holy Spirit. And this kind of came up out of me. Yeah, he's kind of smart. I mean, he, he kind of knows God's will, and he's a little bit smarter than me. Okay, there we go. All right. All right. I've grown up in charismatic churches my whole life, so I don't know what it's like to be in a quiet church. And uh, recently, I just want to just kind of pump it up again because, I don't know, there's just something about saying something. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says if you believe in your heart and say it with your mouth. So our mouth needs to hook up with our heart. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm, is it? Is that right? Okay. <laughs> I get nervous sometimes. Let's just be real. Like, that's what I love about FCF. We're just real. Sometimes I'm just like, all right, you know the Holy Spirit's leading you one way, but your mind's still wondering if you should have went the other way. And uh, so we're just going to go with it. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray so I'll be spiritual. Lord, we love you this morning again. And just I just want to say that, Lord, I just yield my tongue to you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the helper, that you're the teacher. Father God, we recognize that we are your people, called by your name, redeemed by your grace, because of your son, because of your blood, because of your spirit, your word, your church. This is all from you. So we thank you it will be all through you and it will be all for you. That your people, your servants, your shepherds, your leaders, and Father God, they would recognize this morning, they are never alone. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, <clears throat> amen. All right, Acts 27, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, we're going to look at verse 13, and, and, and so I'm going to, kind of summarizing uh, Acts 27 and, and 20, really 26, 27, and 28, but I want to start here in verse 13, and so hopefully you have your Bibles or your devices, whatever it is that you read the scripture encourage you to write this down. I know this is from the Lord because I had another message uh, I was going to 
do, but last night, um, just knew the Lord wanted me to go here. So it says in verse 13, it says, Now, when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor. Now, my translation says weighed. Hopefully, yours might say something different, but that the word weigh means to, they picked up the anchor, and they sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon... I was going to ask Siri to say this for you, but she didn't even know what this word was. What is that up there? Say, mine says. Where? Okay, mine, mine says this word, and I can't pronounce it. But just so you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy wind. And in the Greek, the wind actually means a storm. And the idea is this is possibly a typhoon. We get our word typhoon from. So all of a sudden, a, a typhoon shows up, and it's called the Northeaster. And it struck down from land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along, running under the lee of a small island called Clada. We managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then fearing that they would run aground, on the Sirtis, they lowered the gear and thus were driven along, since we were violently storm-tossed. They began the next day to jettison or throw out the cargo. And on the third day, someone say the third day, there was no resurrection. They threw out the ship's tackle. They threw out the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest, meaning the wind didn't stop, it lay on us, all hope of our being saved was last abandoned. Let's stop there. The title of my sermon this morning is When Hope Doesn't Float. When Hope Doesn't Float. This morning... Metaphorically, we're going to use the ship as leading an organization. The ship represents an organization, a church. Uh, Maybe you're just over a group of volunteers. Maybe you're a head usher. Maybe you're the head, um, whatever it is, a department head. But I've found this out, if you're like me, that when you are leading people, there are always problems. Andy Stanley said this. He, He said that when problems cease to exist, Leadership will cease to exist. And since people always produce problems, there will always be a need for leadership. In the very beginning, God creates the garden and puts the man in the garden. And it says he placed the man in the garden to keep it, to care for it. But really the idea is his job was to manage it. This was before the fall. This was before Satan shows up. This is before the curse shows up. And he still found it necessary. This is how God has worked since the beginning of time. And we read all the way to the end of the book in Revelation. We will find that you and I again will be leading gardens. God in his infinite wisdom, in his divine order, has always set apart people, problems, this world to be functioned under the order of leadership. 
And as long as we are here and as long as we have breath in our lungs, there will always be need of leaders. Leadership takes on different forms. Maybe you work uh, in business, maybe you're in management, or maybe you own your own business, you run your own business, maybe you are in the church, and like I said, you lead, but I don't know if you've found this out to be true, but I know I have. It doesn't matter what level of leadership that I have led, when I was leading that area, I always wished I could go back to the previous area. But when I was in the previous area, I was always wishing I was in the previous area. And I don't know, like I said, if you've ever read this, uh, this whole story, this, this, this wind, um, I can't even pronounce the name of the wind, but this monsoon shows up. And if you've ever had in and out burger at 915 at night, you might know what this storm feels like. <laughs> Last night we stopped and I was like, hallelujah, Jesus. My wife's on this keto thing. And uh, we started out doing the whole 30. That's where you cut out like everything. Like you're just eating air. That's about the only thing you're allowed to eat on it. And I was like, I can surely lose weight when I'm not eating anything, but I was starving. And so she's doing this keto thing. So it's like high fat and no good stuff. And so I just intercede for her while I eat my donut, you know. But uh, now you understand why there's diets. because So you're not laying in bed at night with this rumbly in the tumbly, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so I'm sitting there last night and um, I'm like, Lord, I, I don't confirm your word with this sign following. And, uh, but I was just laying there and I was thinking about it and I just started thinking about the story. And I did a message a year ago in our church called Anchored in the Storm. And uh, this was kind of the first message. And it just kind of happened that when we did this sermon, that's when the hurricane hit Florida last year. And we also had a, a person in our church who's uh, they, they, the water line on their washer was messed up and it flooded their house. They literally had a storm in their house. And so I never thought about this, but last night, kind of the Lord, he just kind of reminded me uh, to speak clearly. And the reason why I think he wants me to speak clearly is because so many times I think as pastors and as leaders, whenever you put the word spiritual on leadership, let's just be real, it changes everything. You put the Bible, you put faith, and it changes everything. And so sometimes when you're going through a storm, you oftentimes try to spiritualize some things. And sometimes the Lord just wants to take us back and get real practical and realize, I think he puts this in the word so we can relate to something. And I don't know about you, but emotionally and spiritually, these last several months, I feel like I've been going through some storms. Like, I don't know where they came from. They just blow in. You're like, what just happened? Anybody going through some storms? I've talked to some friends and they're just like, yeah, it just seems like all of a sudden we see what's going on in the country. And I know our Americanized thought process is God does everything through America, but we, as much as we're going through in America, there is a world that's going through far greater persecution than we've, just because they talk about you on Facebook, that's not persecution, baby. When you got a knife up against your throat and when you get ready to dismiss your service and you don't know if you're going to go home or go to jail, that's persecution. Come on. Amen. And so, anyways, I'm saying that because, however, we don't want to discount there are storms, and the Bible tells us there is a devil, and he is roaring like a lion. 
And that lion roars to put his prey into paralysis. And I don't know about you, but I've been facing some situations and it feels as if fear has come upon me like I haven't felt before in some areas. Some things that used to be really easy to make a decision have been almost difficult and almost impossible to make. I looked at my wife and I was like, what is going on? Does anyone bear witness? Okay, okay, I'm gonna make sure. This might just be a message for me and... Sometimes we preach messages because God's trying to get something through up to, to us. And I've heard stories about, you know, I don't know about you, but I, read the, I heard this podcast uh, the other day by Nelson Searcy. And he was talking about, he, he, has a, he does like church growth and church this and church that. And he stopped everything. And he said, I just feel like I need to stop for a second. And we're going to talk about the stress of ministry. And I know, like I said, we, we sometimes because we're spiritual and of course with our theology of who we are in Christ, sometimes I don't think we really face and we're honest with ourselves about what stress is. But we have the Apostle Paul, the Apostle. We have the physician Luke writing to us. And Luke at this point has joined the Apostle Paul. You know, there's a, a point about, Acts 7, 8, 9, I'm trying to figure when it gets to the Philippian church. Anyway, sometimes Luke will say they, other times he'll say we. This is a we situation. Why didn't Paul just stand up and rebuke the stupid thing? Why not? See, I, I know what it's like to rebuke my mama. I don't know where, where's my mama at? She's here. Uh, anyway. I grew up in Kansas, and um, when I was in third grade, we had a, a tornado, and we lived in a trailer park, and the tornado was coming right at us. My mom pulled open the door. She said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I looked at that thing. I was like, Mama, you do it. <laughs> it's coming at us, and these guys with the cameras, they're walking towards the tornado, and they're saying, go for cover. Go for cover as they walk right into it. That tornado comes near us, and we're, like I said, in a trailer. That's not where you want to be when a tornado hits. And so we're sitting there, and we're in the back. We have our youth pastor's daughter. We're babysitting. My, my sister, I'm in third grade, so my sister's in seventh grade. My brother's in first grade. This girl's about two years old. And then my mom, my dad's at work. And the tornado comes through, and uh, she rebuked it. So you would think if you had the faith, then that thing would go up in the air. However, we were in our trailer in the back of it, and the tornado went through our trailer court, and it cut our trailer. It looked like someone took a butter knife and cut warm butter, just a straight line. My mom had a picture of Jesus, and Jesus is holding two lambs, and there's two candles next to it. About four inches from one of the candles is where the line was cut. The candle wasn't moved. Nothing was broken on the picture of Jesus. He's sitting there holding the lambs. Talk about prophetic. Everything around us is to the ground. So whether Jesus makes it go up in the air or he puts his hand over you, he didn't say how he would deliver you. He just said he would deliver you. So we got to also remember that we have to be led by the spirit. And so Paul finds himself in a place with Luke, these Christian and there's believe that there might've even been two more brothers that were with them possibly. And I don't know about you, but when you, you know, you do research and you find out doing research and 
theology is like trying to self-medicate yourself on, on drmd.com. You either got two weeks to live or you got the sniffles and just need to blow your nose. You ever done that? I don't, am I the only one that's ever done that? I had this, this thing show up on the side of me and I was like, I'd never saw this. And I, I had been going through a season. You ever been going through a season before? And I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? So I got online, I was looking it up. I was taking pictures and I was looking on, on Google and everything like that. And there was, it was either Crohn's or cancer. And I was like, neither of those C words sound like something I want on my body. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I was telling my wife and I was showing her these pictures and she's like, yeah, those pictures don't look like what's on. Oh yes, they do. I bet, you know, and all of a sudden you've created this mountain of what's going on. So I'm itching it and I bought this stuff and I'd never had poison ivy in my entire life. Like I would be working in a field and the guy with me would have, um, you know, he would be allergic to poison ivy and he would explode. He would even have to go to uh, the doctor and get shots and everything like that. I wouldn't have anything. So I was climbing up in this tree, hanging a, a volleyball net for a church picnic. I was being spiritual, should have been covered by the blood. And so I finally, my wife is like, just go get it checked out. Bless God, I am a man of faith. I don't need no doctor. I don't know where that theology got in there because if we were people of faith, then we should stop eating as well and sleeping. I don't know about you, but I eat pretty well, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, I went to the doctor and he goes, oh, that's poison oak. I said, no, it's not. I've never had poison oak. I'm not allergic. I'm, I'm arguing with a doctor. You ever argued with God before? So he gave me a $2 pill and it was gone by afternoon. But the internet said I was dying. So you gotta be careful, you know, I don't know about you. I mean, you could find two conservative theologians and they still don't agree on what the words mean. So let's just read what we need to read and also ask the Holy Spirit some questions as well. So anyways, he's sitting here and it says, all hope has been lost. Now, before the hope has been lost, they throw out the cargo, which is how they're gonna stay warm. Some believe that the word cargo, is they're, 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 this was a, because of the size of the boat and because the, the thing that was going on, the, the trail, not a trail, it's on the water. Just pray for a brother, would you? <laughs> so the course that they're on, it, it was possibly taking wheat, because uh, an Alexandrian ship, taking wheat from Egypt to Rome, because Rome didn't have enough wheat, they couldn't produce enough for their king, so they, they had a, a trade route and a trade relationship with Egypt. And so this could mean they're, they're, they're throwing off. So literally, this is what they're doing. They're, they're possibly, like I said, depending on which theologian you follow, here's what we do know. They're throwing money out in the ocean. They're throwing their money away. Trying to find a way to be saved. Trying to find a way to make it work. You ever done that? I'm gonna throw money at this conference. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna buy this program because if I do these 12 steps and these 12 steps promise me that we'll have a hundred. And let me just share this. What am I doing this morning? Like my youth pastor, sometimes when he prays for me, it, it, it makes me kind of different. He didn't pray for me this morning. I feel a little bit different. So I don't know what's going on. I may say some things, just pray for me. Some of y'all, your looks are not helping me. Just Fake it till we make it. Just smile with me. All right. There we go. And, and <laughs> I'm going to preach to 
make America great again. I'm gonna make the sermon great. I'm gonna make this sermon great again. I'm gonna just preach to you because you got this awesome smile, man. So anyway, so we're sitting here and uh, they're throwing off this stuff. So then it goes and says this, they start throwing off the very things that sailors need to fix their ship. They start throwing it off. They're throwing off like the, the tools that they need to fix the ship. They're desperate. They start throwing off some stuff. It's all the budgets they've put together, all the computer programs they've bought, all the apps that they've bought, the podcasts that they've listened to. Like they have literally tried everything and now they're throwing it overboard. And then it says that no sun, nor stars, nor moon shows up for days. The very things they need to direct and find out the direction they're supposed to go in the natural disappears. So literally everything they need to make it where they're going is completely gone. And no one's coming for them. And I don't know if you've ever felt like that in ministry, but you feel alone and you almost feel like no one is coming for you. And the questions and the enemy and your own rationale and your own family begin to put questions in your head. Are we really supposed to be doing this? Because selling vehicles even sounds a little bit better than what I'm going through right now. I don't know about you, but I worked with sinners, and they're a little bit nicer than church people. Got quiet all of a sudden. It was like it was funny, and then, oh, yeah, that's true. Whoa. Is that me? Hopefully not. Let's just say amen so they don't think it's me. I had a friend that he was going to Bible school, and he was my roommate, and this is going to sound really weird. He would literally work the bar because he didn't want people, his, the friends he was trying to witness to. Now, I'm not promoting working in a bar. Get all these letters. I've never got a letter. I don't know why I say that. Preachers say that. Keith Moore can say that because I'm sure he gets letters. I'm, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. People don't even know where I live. So, <laughs> Did you pray for me? This, who prayed for me? What, what's happening to me? I was supposed to, I thought I was going to be done already. And uh, so anyways, he just said this in the restaurant, there was guys he was trying to witness to and he would work on Sunday mornings because the way church people treated them in the restaurant, they didn't want anything to do with his evangelism. And we need to tell our, we should be the nice people. Yeah, we're firm. Yeah, we don't stand back from our convictions, but it shouldn't make us rude. Shouldn't make us angry. Come on, somebody. Just so you know, Facebook is not your counselor. You don't tell it everything. The Bible says he who bites his tongue is wise. Even a fool is considered wise when he holds his tongue. All right, let me, let me just prophetically get off my soapbox. Okay, there we go. So anyway, they throw everything in the ocean, everything that they need to make it. And I don't know if you're dealing with the situation right now, but you've thrown everything off. You've tried this. I don't know. I've tried sitting them down and correcting them. I've tried praying for them. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried, and it just doesn't seem to be working. And it doesn't seem like what I've tried is turning the boat around. I've, I'm trying to get to where I'm trying to get to, but the things I'm trying just aren't working. Everybody throws up their hands. 
You've tried what you learned in Bible school. You tried what you read in this book. You tried what your friends told you. You tried what your family told you. you. You've tried some things, but I don't know about you, but all these things, just because you tried them, doesn't make the storm go away. And I just know, not by the Spirit, but just by working with people long enough, that there are some of you that are sitting in this room, and you are here, and you have tried everything. And you are questioning like you've never questioned before. You're not questioning the faith. You're not questioning the resurrection. You're not questioning giving. You're, not, you're just wondering, is this what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? Because it just seems like working at Kmart might even be better than this. Nine to five, that's kind of clock. I don't know if people still clock in. I think they have computers now. But you remember the old time card? You got to be careful with your finger because it might lose a finger on that thing. I was a 16-year-old working at a pizza place, and I'm like, you know, like, why do I keep going off on these tangents? All right. So clocking in and clocking out, because I don't know if you remember when you clocked out, you clocked out. But my wife, she spoke yesterday. Man, if you got that, you can just open that book. Man, I married up. Get my wife. She's so beautiful. Sorry. But... She spoke for me this weekend, and last night we were just, you know, going over things and just asking her how she was doing, and all of a sudden, and do you like it when people tell you you're right? I love it when, when people tell you, like, you know what, you're right. I love it when my son does that. You know, I know if you don't, if you have a small kid, you don't have small kids anymore, but I have my 11-year-old, when he looks at me and he has to humble himself and say, you were right, I'm just like, My wife just said, I get it. She says, I couldn't focus all day Saturday. All I was thinking about was that sermon. I tried to play with the kids. I couldn't even think about what we were playing because I was thinking about the sermon. I went to bed at night wondering if I got the points together and if I should do points and if I'm going to pray for people at the end or the beginning. And I'm trying to flow with the spirit. And I'm trying to figure out, does the spirit want to flow? Or does he want to teach? And I'm trying to figure out this. And I'm trying to figure out that. And then that one goofy person always does like goofy stuff. And that other person's even goofier. I'm trying to figure out if they stand up and try to do something goofy, how I'm going to help correct that because my husband's not here. And all the FCF staff is in Tucson, Arizona. And, and our youth pastor's going through something. So I'm I'm just trying to figure it out. You ever try to figure it out? I don't know about you, but when you clock out at 4.30, 5 o'clock, whatever it is that you clock out in the afternoon, when you go home, I don't know about you, but no one got the memo that you are now clocked out. The text messages just seem to get even more bigger. Let me just relate to you for just a second. You're laying down at night. And your people ain't thinking about it, and you're just trying to figure out how you're going to pay that light bill. See, this is real talk. Let's just be real. And we wonder why people are, are quitting the ministry and why churches are shutting down. It's because there is no hope in the scene. If you're going to make it with God, forget about just making it as a Christian. But if you're going to live with God, we cannot forget without Faith, it is impossible to please. The word please actually is the root word agree. So if you're gonna work with God and we are going to live with God and do his plans and his purposes because it's his church and his people and his word and his spirit, then we are going to never be able to clock out of this thing called faith. 
But we cannot deny that living by faith doesn't put a work on the flesh and the soul. I mean, you, you got to know P Paul's living by faith. You know he's living by faith. There are some folks in here, I'm just, I felt this when I was brushing my teeth this morning. There's someone here this morning, and I'm just going to just be your prophet. It may not be the spirit of God, but please, if you need to profit, then just put profit on me. You need to take a vacation. I just give you permission, right? You need to take it. And I'm not talking go, like, spend it doing a bunch of, I'm talking about go vacate. What if my church won't make it? You are not that good. <laughs> Did anybody else get that revelation early on in ministry that I'm just not that good if I leave and it, like, I'm not holding this thing together. I actually found leaders would step up and fill holes that they wouldn't fill when I was there. So guess what I started doing? Taking more vacations. I was like, I heard Ed Young say this early on in ministry, and I just adopted it. You'll never look me in the eye and say, you need a break. You, want, you might, I might need to go pray. I might need to go repent to some people. But you'll never have to look at me and say, you need to get away. We have four times. My kids, we take a week in the summer. We take a week uh, for fall break. We take a week for Christmas. We take a week for spring break. Me and my wife, guess what? I'm not losing my, my marriage over ministry. So on our anniversary, deuces, we're out. And someone's like, how can you leave that much? Watch, ready? I do this. <laughs> I just walk, just leave, just go. <laughs> now I am blessed. We have just a phenomenal, we have the most giving church we probably on the planet. So we are blessed, I ain't gonna lie. But some of us, when you read about the first day that they were to take a day of rest, the first Sabbath, they weren't even allowed to leave their tent. Imagine looking at your kids. I would have hurt somebody. I'm just letting you know, I would have I would hurt somebody. Can't mow the yard, can't go trim the, the shrubs, the bushes, can't go watch the football game. There were no football games, there was no TV. You just gotta sit there and look at each other. What are we going to do now? Just keep on looking, baby. Okay, I need to go outside. Let's send these kids outside to play. No, they, Moses said we, we, we're supposed to stay in our tent. I'm going to strangle them. Well, I don't know what to tell you, but we got to stay in here. Some of you, you need to take that approach with your vacation. We just got to go. We just got to go. We offer this wonderful thing in FCF called life coaching. It changed my life. I got a hold of it back in 2011. My life is greater, it's better. There's just some things that, that are spiritual, but they look too practical. And they're so simple, they're usually simply forgotten. Come on, somebody. You need to date your wife. I don't care how old we get. We just need to love our wives. Think about all the things they've been through. If you're a wife and you're the leader in the ministry, husbands, we just still love our wives. We just, we need to, we call our church a baby-making church. Come on, somebody. We need to be loving each other. I already went over my time. I was going to do something else. So let's, let's get spiritual back, spiritual again. All right. Let's go to verse 21. I guess I wanted to share that because I want to, I'm not this young dude up here that, that can't relate. I do know what it's like. I'm going to get an email first thing in the morning about Sunday's offering and how many people were there. And in that's my budget. And in that's all the different things that we're wanting to do and all the different things. 
I know the pressure that comes with that. I've been a volunteer leader. I know what that's like. I'm a dad. I know what that's like. I know what it's like wondering if the ministry is robbing you of your kids. I know those fears that try to come on you. Are my kids gonna grow up hating church? Those are real. This is a real storm Paul's in. This is not a fictitious. I, I know those fears, but here's where we wanna end up today. We wanna end up in 27, 31, I'm sorry, 21 through 26. It says, since they had been without food for a long time, somebody say a long time. Maybe you're here today and your budget, it hasn't looked good for a long time. It says, Paul stood up among them and said, men, man, you should have listened to me. I tried to warn you earlier and you should not have set sail for Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid. The word do not be afraid really could mean be happy. Be happy, Paul. You must stand before Caesar and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So again, take heart, men, for I have faith in How did that faith come? The angel of the Lord came and he reminded him of the original reason, the original word, the original promise that got him to step out of himself. Got that old promise, that old booklet. Anyone got an old journal and you got it and you remember when God called you? You remember when God set you apart? You remember your ordination? You remember when hands were laid upon you? You remember when the Lord gave you a dream and you thought that dream, you were so excited to go serve people and lay down your life and you were just pumped to go do what God was calling you to do. There was a joy, there was an excitement, there was an expectation. Some of that expectation was built on some wrong stuff and now you're in the storm but let me just tell you the same word that got you here is the same word that will get you through tomorrow it's the same word that you're going to have to hold on to no matter what the budget looks like no matter what they say no matter what they're saying at pizza hut after i don't know about you but we got committees they like their committee this is the president of the committee did the spirit move enough in our service this morning I did an evaluation, okay, I'm gonna get on a soapbox real quick just to help somebody out. I did an evaluation. The group that's the president of that group, whenever they're absent, we have a move, like what they call a move of the spirit. But when they're there, the very thing that they're judging me on doesn't show up. Why? Because judging never gets the will of God accomplished. It's faith. It is trusting in God. It's leaning on God. It's living in God's order. It's getting and submitting under God's leadership and living the faith-filled life. You're gonna make it. But you're gonna have to have faith. Let me just give you three real simple practical things that eat faith. You ready? Number one, no sleep. I know that's super practical. Some of you, that's not spiritual enough. I'm telling you, 
Some of us, our faith is not working because it's not real faith. It's we're trying to put a Band-Aid on the lack of sleep that we're actually getting. Pastor Jason, am I, am I preaching or is that it? All right. This is the one he, every week, every other week I call him. He goes, are you resting right? Are you eating right? Are you taking care of your body? Are you sleeping? Why? Because I don't know about you, but in the midnight hour, it shows up a lot to a preacher. And guess what you need to do? You need to learn how to write it in a journal and put it on paper and put it away from your bed and lay down and just say, Lord, you're good. You're God. I'm not. Good night. And don't eat in and out after nine. <laughs> okay, you need to rest. I find that my faith is not faith when I'm too tired. Why? I'm leaning, my flesh is louder than my spirit. I'm not saying there aren't moments. We've all experienced the moments when you've been at the hospital till 4 a.m. in the morning and you just helped them say goodbye to their loved one and sent them on to heaven. And, and there's a moment of grace for that. And I believe there's a moment, but you don't need to live like that. You will, you will burn your, your, your faith candle out. Number two, it's real simple. Number two, go for a walk. Go for a walk. Go look at the trees and remind yourself, God created this. I'm on vacation a couple weeks ago. I, I, we were in Branson, and there's this massive, massive dam. And I just drove my car up to it, and I had to make myself. I was tired. I didn't, I didn't want to, but I was like, I made this commitment. I want to stay with this commitment. And I remember I got out of my car. I was just praying in the Holy Ghost, and I took a walk, and I looked at that dam, and I thought, I won't say it in this congregation, but I was like, Wow. That's big. And I looked at it and I thought, that's huge. Man, I feel like I'm facing that. And then I thought, God, surely you're bigger than that. I can't tell you what, there's something, God, the Bible says all of nature speaks of the creator. Some of us just, you just need to go look at a tree. I'm not talking about getting hallucinating and, and stuff. We're not in Colorado. Like we need to like, we need to, we need to go look at a tree. Some of you need to get some fresh flowers and put them on your, on your table. You just, you need to walk away from it and just go remind yourself of how big God is. Number three is you need to read your Bible and pray. Cause when you read your Bible, pray every day and you'll And I'm not talking, listen to a podcast. I love Keith Moore. I have a, on my day off, I, he's one of the favorites. And so I, I, I watch him on my day off as soon as I get up, get my cup of coffee. And I watch that and just, it just kind of refreshes me. But Keith Moore's not Jesus. Keith Moore's not the Holy Spirit. Keith Moore doesn't live in my house. Like I need Jesus. I don't need a sermon. I need Jesus. Because when I go home, I got to be daddy. I got to be a husband. And I don't know about you, but I can barely be a husband and have enough strength to do that. And then you want me to be a daddy? And now you want me to be in ministry? You're going to need Jesus. Real three real simple things. Real simple. They're just usually simply forgotten. They're not spiritual enough. We're so busy. So 
here's um, just what was on my, my heart to do. Let's see when we do. Do we have a, a keyboard guy? I don't know. If you want to just play something, that'd, that'd be fine. I want to do this. This is just what I saw myself doing. If you're a senior pastor, I want, I want, to, I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask if Pastor Fred and Ms. Cookie, if you guys could help, and, and Mr. Ernie, if you could as well, um, just so we're not going to eat into Miss Jen's time. Um, I just, I just saw us doing that. And if you're a senior, if you, I'm talking like a senior leader, I know that there's people here, uh, you, you're not pastoring, but you have a, 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 maybe an evangelistic ministry, uh, missionary. But if you're, the, if you're the spearhead of that, I, want, I just saw myself and us uh, praying for you all. So if you're that, if you could just come up, make a line up here, face, face the front. Husbands, wives, you're here together. We just want to pray for you. We might need a, a translator as well. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And I just I just saw us just laying hands on you, and I believe that there's gonna be a divine impartation that comes. There's a divine energy. And we believe in the doctrine of laying on of hands. And the Bible says, obviously, we know that Moses, when he laid hands on Joshua, it says some of the spirit of Moses got on Joshua. And this is what we do at FCF because we believe that no one should do ministry alone. And I believe this morning the Holy Spirit will just fill your sail again. If nothing else, hands are going to be laid upon you. And there might just be the practical and the spiritual, that touch you know, remember the man that he was had leprosy, and I love what it says. It says Jesus reached out and he touched him. He could have blown on him. He could have said thy word, or he could have done anything. But why did he touch him? Because he wasn't just going to heal him physically. He was going to heal him emotionally. Some of you, you just need a hand on your shoulder to say, it's going to be all right. If we could, we, could we come, let's just, if we could just spread out, we'll just, we'll pray. If you're in the, here with us in the audience, if you could just join with us. Hallelujah. The weight that's on our brothers and sisters. We need you. We need you strong. We need you whole. We need your soul whole. We need your hope to float. When hope's not float, we just believe that faith will come and faith will rise. In the name of Jesus, after hands are laid upon you and you've been prayed for, then you can be seated. But we just thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.